Welcome to Level with Emily. This is music by Jason Graves for the Battle Royale maps in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. They're called, it's called Warzone, and the music is great. I love all the details in it, and uh, of course Jason writes great grooves, and some of those grooves are more synth-based than others, which was a cool process to talk to him about, like how he constructs those things, and the steps he goes through to create these rhythmic tracks full of motion, right? Because it's Battle Royale, you're on the run, or you're running to find people on the run. <laughs> Um, also, a handful of soloists that Jason worked with. We talk about them, and they added a lot of great colors to the music, too. Join us on Discord. That link is down in the show notes. And uh, check out this chat uh, with Jason on our YouTube channel, Level with Emily Reese. All right, here is Jason talking about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Warzone. Jonathan Mayer um, at Spider Farm Productions. He also worked on, uh, I worked on Modern Warfare 2 with him last year, and he also currently did all the music mixing and implementation and everything for Modern Warfare 3 as well. So he's a very oh, wow. talented, very cool, very busy dude. Yeah. Um, I had to ask him like three times. I was like, so tell me what Warzone is again versus like Modern Warfare 2, and he explained it the same way three times, and I never <laughs> quite understood. But as, as far as I know, it's kind of this free battle royale thing that you get that if you buy Modern Warfare 2, there's this whole thing called Warzone. This is now updated to Warzone 2.0, but you don't call it Warzone 2.0. It's just Warzone. <laughs> I, was, I was told that. So Warzone is basically like this battle royale kind of map uh, situation with new skins and characters and weapons and things that they updated. They had six seasons of updates um, over the last year. Mm -hmm. And it's just like extra DLC that's free yeah. that everyone gets to play and is super, super, super popular from what I understand. Well, I mean, Battle Royale is super popular because it's really fun. Uh, have you yeah. ever played a Battle Royale game, Jason Graves? Yeah, I died like in two seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the very first time I ever played Fortnite, and I was terrified. I was convinced that all 99 other players were out to get me, which is kind of the case. But it's just, it's really fun. And the thing that I really like about it, too, is that it... it the vibe is so different, like not the vibe, but the intensity, the um, uh, the pacing of it is very yeah. different than like traditional like deathmatch or, you know, mm -hmm. capture the flag or any other kind of, you know, PVP type experience. So, so talk to me about how you approach the music then for like this battle royale experience. A lot of what I did was sort of like the next logical step from what I was writing for Modern Warfare 2 last year. And I did um, most of the cinematics and a lot of the stuff that ended up being used in the menus and sort of like, you know, customizing your weapon and loading yeah. screens and things like that. Um, sort of getting ready was the idea of uh, preparations, mental and physical, sort of the 
impetus behind the music tracks for Modern Warfare 2. And we just sort of kind of took that mental psychology and moved it over to Warzone and made it um, a little more world-ish because it's a very specific, like each season had different maps that were in very specific geographical locations around the world. Um, one would be specifically in the Middle East, so we could sort of lean into that flavor, um, more mm. harmonic flavor than an instrumental sort of choice. But yeah, it was a nice continuation and we all like the idea, and when I say we, um, Stephen, the audio director at Infinity Ward, and Jonathan, okay. who was sort of implementing and mixing all the music, and then myself as the composer, we all like the idea of this forward motion, like constant forward motion and also tension, so that you feel like you need to be moving forward you know, yes. in, in, in the game. <laughs> notice too then is how how long the tracks are which makes sense because uh, you know some some battles like this tend to take a while so talk to me a little bit about about that ever since i guess 2017 maybe 2016 when i worked on the very first moss for um with um with polyarch i started writing these longer pieces of music in in-game music that were more akin to like the opening suite that I would do for myself as a here's a five to eight minute piece of music just me figuring out some themes some instruments some mixing techniques or experimental sounds or something like that um and with Moss I did tracks like that that were five to eight minutes long and it was just such a wonderfully freeing sort of opportunity to think outside of the well, we need a two-minute exploration track, and then we need a two-minute combat track, and then we've got a cinematic that's 90 seconds long. It was just <laughs> kind of write what I wanted, do all of those things in one big track. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that anyway, again, with Modern Warfare 2 last year, and it just ended up being even more inspired because of all these amazing musicians. So I started writing, you know, a two or three minute track that had a couple of different sections and I'd send it out to the musicians, which we can talk about um, them as well, but I'd send it out to them and I'd get their parts back and the song would just end up being twice as long because there was so much amazing material that they had Sure. that I'm like, oh, that gives me an idea. I could do this. And I end up extending everything and lengthening it out. And by the end of the sixth season, I was writing a five-minute track and, and they were delivering uh, just as many um, parts and interesting sort of things. But it ended up being like all these layers of the musical onion that then Jonathan as the person mixing and implementing all the music, he would have all these options yeah. of permutations of things because most of my tracks were used from season to season, stripped down for all the main menu screens and loading screens and things for Warzone as well. So if you Googled, you know, Warzone whatever, 2023 lobby music or something, season three, it's gonna be 
like a super stripped down version of what you hear on the final soundtrack because Jonathan oh, okay. or Nicole or someone else at Spider Farm did this like really cool, you know, selective decision making process to extract like a 10 minute track that just feels like it's moving forward all the time. Yeah. But it doesn't have, you know, 10 or 12 instruments. It's stripped down to like two or three. So you just hear all these interesting kinds of textures and things. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. So the music that is on the soundtrack, which is on Spotify and stuff, um, totally. it's about 36, 38 minutes of music. Mm-hmm. That is strictly for the maps, right? For the maps battling, you're out there duking it out with people from all around. Is that that's correct? I mean, in a way, the soundtrack is like a snapshot of kind of the the big picture of music that that I sent in. But that was that could easily it was easily extracted out to probably 60 or 90 minutes of music oh, in the okay. game over the over like between okay. all the seasons. Yep, yep. Cuz it was like 10 or 10 like maybe 10 or 12 music minutes of music per season. We boiled it down to these musical tracks to make a soundtrack. And, gotcha. Um, it's okay. just for Warzone. We didn't need to be like an hour and a half long, some mega soundtrack. It was just <laughs> like, here's here's a sampling. Yep. Um, this was all Steven from Infinity Ward. He was the one that had this idea. Because okay. they also did little LPs of each season had a guest artist that oh, Jonathan nice. um, would, would sort of either know or discover like on mm-hmm. YouTube. And the guest artist and I would sort of share musical duties. So for any minute of music that I'm doing in a season, there's a guest artist doing another minute of music for a lot of the in-game stuff. Oh, cool. So huh. it was it was really, really cool because each season was in a different location, different vibe, uh, different composer, plus me. And wow. I was kind of given like previews of their music, not to copy or imitate or anything like that, yep. but just to get, to, like, to get the vibe for. There was one... Maybe it was season three or four. Season four, I think, was in Amsterdam. And gosh darn it, I can't remember the composer, um, but I'm sure everyone can Google him. Uh, he did an all synth thing. Yeah. And obviously, I was using all these live musicians. So we did a little bit of live musician, but it was mostly me doing live stuff with some guitars from Tom Straley and very, very heavily synth-based. So I didn't change the palette completely, but we sort of leaned towards the the cool synth-only idea that this other composer had done mm-hmm. and used that to kind of pivot just for that season. You've brought up the musicians a few different times. Let's talk about them right off the bat because, you know, it, just immediately the first track starts off with a beautiful uh, vocalist. You know, there's all kinds of really cool instruments I, like oud or maybe some other kind of Middle Eastern guitar-ish situation. Uh, yep. And then, you know, bowed instruments, maybe like rabab or something. I don't know, but just very cool instruments. So talk to me about all the people that you brought in to just help help make this music. Well, I brought in one person. Jonathan and Steven actually brought in the other two. Oh, cool. 
I I had the idea. Um, a lot of Modern Warfare Two actually takes place in Mexico, and I had done the year before had contacted my guitar player, um, Tom Straley, who is in Los Angeles, and I mean he records for Steve Jablonski. He works with Austin mm-hmm. uh, Wintery. Just he's got a, like two hundred and eighty guitars and all these different things that he plays, <laughs> and he can just pick up something immediately. And yeah. make it sound like he's played it for 20 years. Wow. It's just a very yeah. natural instinct for him. And he's a super cool guy. So I had contacted him and just said, uh, Mexican, like sounding like authentic Mexican kinds of thing. And he played just literally on our Zoom call. He just was picking up different things. Hold on. And he'd leave the frame and he'd come back. Now, this is a so-and-so. And it's like a <laughs> who's who of, of Mexican or whatever country yeah. you're interested in. Um, yeah. He's got it all. And then he recorded just a super quick demo saying the same thing. Like, this is a charango. This is what it sounds like. It does this. Mm-hmm. Here's the sum. This is a Baja Sexto. It's like a bass guitar, but you can play it like this. And nothing ever really happened with it because we never used guitars like that in Modern Warfare 2. Okay. So a year later, I'm talking with Steven and Jonathan about Warzone and... They said, well, what do you? What would you be interested in doing that might be fun or different? Like, all the Modern Warfare stuff was great. We're looking to, like, take the next step. We mm-hmm. don't want to abandon what we did, but we want to do something that's interesting and new and fresh. And we were getting ready. We are going to have a talk, like, in 30 minutes. And I just emailed them the MP3 that Tom had sent me, which was eight minutes of Tom talking and playing all these guitars. <laughs> and we get on our call, and the first thing that Steven says is, who is this Tom person, and can he be my new hero? Because... <laughs> Everything he played sounded amazing. He's going to play on the Warzone thing, right? And I was like, sure. And then Jonathan suggested there was a protagonist from Modern Warfare 1 who I think is also in two, but is coming back mostly in Warzone. And there was a vocalist who sang sort of like her theme in Modern Warfare 1 from like three or four years ago. And Jonathan said, oh, I don't, you, you can totally do anything you want, but if you're interested, we, we have this vocalist who sang this part and it, her name's Azam. And um, when I found out who she was, I first heard her on Tyler Bates' score to 300. Oh, like cool. 10, 10 years ago. Um, she's also that. in Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah. Amazing singer. That's yeah. who you hear the very okay. first track. Then he also, um, Jonathan also said, by the way, her husband, um, Loga also is a musician, and he plays all these like bowed instruments and guitars and yes. things. I mean, do, do you want to have him? It's just like, yeah, yeah, why, sure, why, why not? not? Yeah.
so it was just a big, a big love fest. Um, yeah. I would send sketches of just my, my synthesizers and drum machines and... I think the first two tracks on the soundtrack, I played all the strings, so I'm just doing like rough, you know, staccato strings and like little glisses and things. Yeah. And a sketch, a skeleton, and I gave it to all the musicians, and then they sent all this stuff back, and it just made the music so much more real, right? And yeah. like and gritty, and mm-hmm. I didn't really give anyone other than. Narrowing the instrument field for Tom and for Loga because they both have tons of guitars and strings. Sure, Loga did some like picked acoustic stuff. Mostly he did bowed um, guitar viol. Oh, okay. Have you, anyone talked about? So it's it's like a it's like a violin. It's but it's it's fretted, but it's like scalloped frets, so you yeah. can play it like a guitar. Yeah. Um, which is why it's called a guitar viol. But he has an electric guitar viol. So a lot of the like kind of violin-y lead lines that you hear mm-hmm. are the guitar viol. Oh, cool. And then Tom, I was just looking. Um, see, we did some Baja Sexto. So we had some Mexican, that's like this bass guitar from Mexico. I used lots of um, my Deckard's Dream synthesizer, which is like an old CS80, like the synth that was used on Blade Runner uh, back in the day. It's got a very specific kind of sound. And then there's just some generic like electric guitars, like a Fender bass and a Fender Strat, lots of oud, like you said, which was a nice nice catch. I love oud. And um, Serto, those were drums. Uh, And then Azam, of course, and then the guitar viol. Um, Very cool. I played all the percussion live. I did all the synths. They're all real synths, okay. right? The drums, okay. the electronic drums are all like, everything's outboard. I wanted it to be as legit as possible. I wanted it to be like, you know, quote unquote, real, real yeah. serious, like, yeah. as if we all gotten in a big studio in LA together and recorded it. That yeah. was the goal. No, yeah, absolutely. It could very well could be. Uh, the the drumming, I mean, my goodness, there's so much great percussion in this, and, you know, a game <laughs> like this is, like, uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> perfect for it, right? And there's so much fun meter stuff, like always, right? So I just pictured you just having a blast. So talk to me about, well, the the one thing it made me wonder, and I'm sure I've asked you this before, uh, so forgive me if I have, and I've, I've forgotten the answer, but you know, when there's, when there's a track that's like really heavy percussion like that, it's like the beat is what's driving this situation. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're starting? I mean, that's, that's gotta be kind of where that comes from rather than any m- melodic anything that might be going on in those pieces is that kind of how that goes you're just like oh my god this groove would be great for a battle track or something probably it's yeah. probably especially if there's lots of drums yeah um, yeah really driving the if it's a combat like high energy um kind of part of the track a lot of times the way the tracks start the drums come in eventually but i will start with a, a synth um especially the hardware like the hardware Moog synths that I have are just super inspirational to just dial in and I'd have a tempo and sort of start figuring out some sort of, you know, like weird, filtery, cool kind of thing. And I'd like, I'd know that I was going to be in, you know, for whatever reason, I'm at 110 BPM. I'm going to be in nine, eight and I'm going to be in G minor. Always yeah. minor, of course, but of I'm going to be in G. Yeah. So I would just spend like an hour on a synth, just 
doing different things and recording the whole time as I go and then go back and start cutting it all up and kind of moving it around and maybe filtering it some more or putting like an envelope thing that gives it like a kind of a thing on it, (laughs) run it through a bunch of guitar pedals. And that'd be the other way that I would sort of construct one of these grooves. And most of the time it'd just be with like one, one synthesizer. It's just five or six tracks doing completely different things of that one synth. Yep. But just that tangible, like moving the knobs and recording it, and it's not perfectly in time, but it's like it's got a groove to it. Mm-hmm. That would inspire me as well when I wanted it to get bigger eventually. Yep. To put the drums kind of on top of that. Um, that was where, really one of the first times that it wasn't just 100% rhythm, because usually I grab okay. a drum and just hit and start playing stuff and yeah. that drum makes me think of doing something else which triggers an idea to do another thing right so it was nice to do it with synths because oh, i don't cool. have the patience to sit in front of a computer and like click through presets and be like yeah, no yeah, no no i i want to you know i want to turn the knobs yeah, and, like, yeah play the keys and like really feel like i'm playing an instrument not just clicking a mouse was great too i mean this is very you know this is the world of call of duty or just any really kind of like amped up american pvp situation right like it's just great so uh i mean and it's just like whenever the guitar just comes in it's like wow you're like yeah so uh talk to me about that you said you did you play a lot of that stuff too or no that was tom and um luca did you say i'm sorry what was his name Oh, no, Loga, Loga. Loga, um, Loga, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Loga did some acoustic guitar and some electric guitar viol. They were more lead lines. That oh, okay, was mostly, okay. I'm imagining that was mostly Tom, like, playing his his Strat. Like, I do a little bit of, like, <laughs> like, ding, 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 Some, like, you know, kind of, like, some, stuff. some noodling. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, sounding cool on an electric <laughs> guitar, I just yeah. don't know enough, like, of the, the positions to just not make it sound like cowboy chords and... Yeah. You know, playing like everything I do seems to sound like hit me with your best shot, like da 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 da, and it's like that's not Call of Duty. That's me. <laughs> I mean, hit me with your best shot could be. You never know, I mean, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if they only. did like a modern like re-recording yeah. and Tom played electric guitar, then it would then it would definitely yeah. sound cool. But he um he would do things like. Ding, 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 ding. Like this cool line on a baritone guitar that I never would have thought of doing. And he sends me everything dry, but he also sends stuff with effects. So we would have like this spring reverb on it, like this kind of boingy, uh, something I would never do because I would think that it would sound too cheesy. Not that I thought his sounded cheesy. I wouldn't do it because I'm like, no, that's too, well, he does it. It sounds awesome awesome so i ended up using probably more than half of his guitar stuff was just straight in the way he recorded it off the amp Mm -hmm. um with all the effects and the cool reverbs and things and um what's nice is now the more we work on stuff like this the more i think he feels 
like complete freedom to try different things, which yeah. is how I feel as a composer. Like the more I try different things and people tend to like them, then that makes me try even more different things, which just means you're having more fun. And then, you know, with regards to percussioning, uh, it, you know, I got a chance to see you in April here at, at VGM Con in the Twin Cities, which was super fun, of course, as always. Of course. Hanging out with some Jason Graves. But um, at the time, you, you mentioned that you had been practicing. I don't know if practicing a lot is the right term, but you'd been playing drums a lot. You'd been working on your kit yeah. and stuff. Is that still happening? Yeah. Are you still doing that? Yeah. Well, there's sadly, you can see a big empty space. Back I wondered. Next to the the cello, yeah, but that's that's only because the, um, the the front wall is getting rebuilt in the next month or so, and they have oh. to take the whole desk. It's a big desk, and they have to push the whole desk to the back of the room so that they oh, can no. access the front wall. So about two months ago, I had to strike the, the drum set. Um, but it's sort of, it's kind of like weightlifting, like bodybuilding, not that I would know, um, <laughs> but like... You know, you know, like if you do a lot of exercise and weightlifting and everything and you get real big and like you're super swole and all that, like when you stop exercising, you don't like go back to puny man immediately, right? Like right. it would take a couple of years to sort of, that's kind of how I feel because um, yeah. I was so in the pocket on doing drums. I played them for like a year and a half, just drum wow. set. I play three or four times a week for like 30, 40, 60 minutes sometimes each yeah. time. Yeah. So I could just pick up the, the percussion stuff and everything was just like immediately kind of there so I yeah. did a lot of fun just one take don't edit it let it be a little let it feel a little live um, with uh, with all the percussion and some of the the big drums too so even though the drum set was taken down it still lives on <laughs> it lives on <laughs> why in are the, they in the, rebuilding in the why are they rebuilding the wall well, because right now the speakers that I have are on stands and they're okay. they're smaller. They're temporary from two years ago. Okay. The yeah. ultimate plan is to have them soffit mounted, which means they're mounted in the yeah. walls. Yeah. And I essentially kicked everybody out two years ago because it was like, um, guys, I got to start writing music. You need to leave. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it took like, you know, three months to get everything moved in, to get all the cabling done, to get everything wired and the mm -hmm. sound taken care of. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was a long process, but yeah. it, it was yeah. time. Yeah. So they'll be putting the new speakers in. I won't hit my head when I walk behind the desk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be nice. <laughs> So you didn't have any cinematics, there are no cinematics for this particular soundtrack, but you of course did many, many cinematics for Modern Warfare <sighs> 2. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was. that was the first thing I jumped onto for Modern Warfare 2 was like pretty much oh, okay. all the cinematics. Oh, okay. Um, 
because those can be the trickiest sometimes, and they come online like at the last minute, you know, to get all the yeah. CGI finished and everything. But yeah, this was basically not sight unseen because I had some gameplay and I could play the game as much as I wanted. But it was mm -hmm. more just brainstorming with Jonathan and Stephen with each season about yeah. trying some different things and um, no specific like, especially after the first season. They loved everything I did so much that it was just sort of like, okay. Then I was nervous they weren't going to like the next thing as much. And every time they're like, this is even better, which is just so incredibly kind of them. And we did um, Halloween was the last thing that I did. And Tyler Bates did the guest slot oh, for cool. Halloween. Okay. Um, and he did a slightly more orchestra, like darker kind of vibe and mine was more like experimental piano that I have on the on the um, on the stairs and like spooky kinds of strings but no orchestra sounds so mm. we sort of had completely different avenues of approach but I think they ended up working really really well together they kind of yin and yang um, complemented yeah. each other and I, I was worried that those last two tracks were going to be like you know, not as strong or something. And I think Jonathan Jonathan texted me something like, you know, way to way to end the season, like best tracks yet, mic drop or something like that. I'm like, oh well great. Great. I'm I'm so glad that you like them. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit too about the different um biomes or different environments or something that you said the maps take place in different parts of the world, I assume. So so talk because you know, we mentioned some of the Arabic things, but if it's, you know, happening in Texas or something, maybe there isn't oud. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like um I know the first like Three. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at the the kind of the track yeah. lists that I have for the different seasons. Yeah. The first three seasons were very much um, like Alma's Al Mazra or yeah. Al Mazra. Yeah. So that was very much a mid eastern location, uh, but I didn't do any you know any flat nines or harmonic minors or anything like that. I just kind of stuck with the good old fashioned like minor because yeah. I knew that Azam who is an Iranian musician, yeah. would basically just kind of do like yeah. whatever she was going to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't give any, all three of them, no specific directions. The idea was just do what inspires you, do what you feel like would be fun to do when you hear these tracks. Yeah. And they had all the time changes and like the different breakdowns and everything sort of there. It's just sometimes it would just be kind of empty with like a little percussion thing playing. Mm -hmm. um, season five, I believe, was the one that was in um, Amsterdam. Okay. Yeah. Season, yeah, it looks like season five was, was Amsterdam. So that was more like electronic and synth kind of focused. And then season um, six was Halloween, which was just like all bets were off. Yeah. I mean, they had so many great characters. They had like Spawn and uh, <laughs> just great characters from films and then just really fun, interesting, like unique original characters. So that was just like not motivational uh, from geography whatsoever. It was just yeah. do fun, creepy stuff. Yeah, I mean, what 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 else do you want to tell me about it? I know that, you know, when you started working on Call of Duty, you were that was like a dream for you. Like, I 
can't believe I'm working on Call of Duty. So it sounds like the experience has just been great, really. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, because yeah, that could have of... gone down in flames, especially a massive franchise like Call of Duty could be notoriously, there, there are plenty of uh, examples where things like that can just go bad. So it's, it's really cool that that team is so, you know, engaged. And, and I think we've talked about this before, too, just how much they want the music part of the game to be solid, which I really appreciate, because they could very much decide not to do that, and, and I'm, I'm grateful they do. I think the very first game I played... It was Medal of Honor, but I mean, Medal of Honor, Call of Duty. It's th th that same general idea of just like s super huge yeah. military franchise, right? Yeah. Um, but the very first game that I really noticed music for when I was old enough to not be playing, you know, 80s and 90s, um, like Nintendo and 8 bit yeah. stuff, was the first Medal of Honor. Um, because the score was orchestral. Yeah. And it was just sort of like, whoa, what? Like, this, save, this sounds like something from Saving Private Ryan in, in a good way, not in a yeah. redundant, like, derivative yeah. sort of way. Like, it literally sounds like it could be in a film. Mm -hmm. I want to do something like that. So it's always been one of my bucket list things that I never really expected to be able to do. Yeah. Mostly because I haven't, I mean, I did World War II games earlier in my career, but nothing like modern, nothing, you know, serious, um, you know, multiplayer, military kind mm -hmm. of like cool sort of thing. So I didn't really have anything on my track list, um, even though I did have a Call of Duty game, I don't know, eight years ago or something. I was working on with Don Vecca uh, from, from Dead Space. Yeah. Because his team was working on it, and Don ended up going to another um, another developer, like a VR developer, I think, because he was ready for some non-violent games to work on. Who can blame him? And the whole <laughs> thing kind of got plucked from wherever it was being produced and, and put somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they ended up hiring another composer. And I was like, well, that was my one shot. And if it's, if that didn't happen, then that's totally fine. I mean, at least I had yeah. the... I was like, you know, adjacent to working <laughs> on a Call of Duty game. <laughs> So yeah, this was this was really really great, and I have to hand it to Stephen because he pushed the idea of having a soundtrack um, that was like you know he's like I wanted to be like Warzone, like the soundtrack to Warzone with mm -hmm. Jason's name on the front because he's contributing so much to this, and that just just the nicest people in the world, yeah. and everyone's just so like kind and happy and excited to try new things and like do the best job that we can do with everybody, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. with everybody involved, which yep. is not uncommon in games, but it this was just special. Like, yeah, uh, yeah it was just really, really, like, made you happy doing all this really serious, like, tense music, right? <laughs> but War. yeah. The musicians and the and the the personnel, the Jonathan's people at Spider Farm, and the mixes that they would do, and the I mean the soundtrack, we got it, we got it mastered. Um, the mastering sounds great. The mixing sounds great. Just everything was just, I mean, like world class, like yeah. top notch, like the best you can get. Love that. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, what else are you working on right now that you can tell us about? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, let's see. I just see a I see a whole bunch of no's right? in my current project <laughs> folder right now. <laughs> That's exciting, though. I love that. I love to hear it. Yeah. What What is really great is. Um, I mean, of course, I'm doing uh, some horror stuff that's going to be coming out uh, next okay. year sometime, I think. But I'm also doing lots of non-horror stuff. Um, some okay. even to the point like it's like a family sort of oh, vibe. Wow. Okay. Uh, is like not even not even action, like yeah. fun, family fun kind of thing, which I'm <laughs> really, really enjoying doing. And I think that's a big testament to game developers in general that... It's more, um, I work with a lot of people because I've worked with them before. They're like, oh, hey, we're doing this thing. It's actually not a scary game, but yeah. would you be up for trying something different? It's like, of course, of course I would. Yes. Like, totally. Yes. Always. <laughs> Always. Cool. That's great. Um, yeah. What more do you want to say about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Warzone? I'm just incredibly proud of... Um, of the the soundtrack that's out, but also the music that's in the game, which is much more music in the game and a different you know a different representation. But I always love like trying new things and and learning new things, and I learned a lot um, with these six seasons of of Warzone just from from mixing and and production, mm -hmm. like doing that kind of fun stuff, and hopefully like projects have in the past. This this sort of game and this kind of soundtrack will lead to more work doing the the same stuff with more like minded people. Yeah, love it. Oh, Jason Graves, it's always so great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming on today. <laughs> oh, it's totally totally my pleasure as as always. And there's going to be, I mean, I see five more chances for us to talk awesome. again. Good. In the near future. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That makes me happy. Thank you so much, Jason. Me too. <laughs> Until right. next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Level with Emily. Check out the video of our chat with Jason Graves on the Level with Emily YouTube channel. Please don't forget to subscribe to that channel. Make sure you get notifications of all our new videos of interviews. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.